You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Fundamentals are bombarding us every single day, but let's get rid of the fundamentals as much as we can and talk about technical analysis with my resident technical analyst, and that's Franz de Klerk, speaking to us from somewhere in the Groot Karoor. I think it's Fosberg, isn't it, Franz? That's where you are. Yes, Lindsay, in the middle of the Groot Karoor, Fosberg, a tiny little town that don't need to be in quarantine. We're automatically in quarantine because we've only got 92 um, residents staying here. Very good. It sounds like the best place to be. And don't let any uh, <laughs> don't let any people from Joburg or Cape Town or any of those other dirty people into the village at the moment. You just stay safe until everything's blown over, if you would. That will be so nice. Thank you, Lindsay. Okay, sir. Um, your machines must have blown up. You must have had to buy new machines because of the extraordinary volatility we've seen. But on the other hand, I sense that uh, from our previous two or three conversations that you were ready for this and maybe you've taken advantage of it. Yeah, Lindsay, um, you know, I always make a joke about uh, about it. A lot of the traders that knows me well knew that I built on a, on a short, worked on averages for the last four years. And my averages on the S&P 500 and even the Aussie was quite high. And the joke was always that I, I use a computer-specific model. And until the bear market has played out, I will only have a, a, a short button on the computer with a no stop loss because I don't trade with a stop loss. So with a no stop loss button. Well, um, I did not think that the, that the bear market can play out in, in two months' time, but it did that. And it went out straight down. My target for the top 40, by the way, was 33,000, and it turned around to 33,400. So it was quite close. But yes, I did work on the short. And um, strangely enough, they delivered a new computer model for a few weeks or so just to have a long button with a no stop loss, and that works well. So eventually, I think I will trade it in back to a, a short model, only short model, no stop loss. And the simple reason being is a bear market never plays out in a month or six weeks or two months. Yes. It is a, a, a slow process where you, where you will probably see that the market gives these almost, you can say, um, strong bullish rallies. And then from there, it will lose momentum again. Now, that's quite right because on the Aussie, and I would like to give the level to, to the listeners because this is a crucial level. If the 33,400 level um, breaks and it turns out to turn into a, a resistance. Now, I'm talking about the top 40 index, the, the future contract. Now, there's a little gap on the chart that still needs to, to close. And that level is 26,500. That's where the window will open, and it will close at 26,420. So that will be the, the proper target for a bear market. And I looked at some of the Fibonacci levels. If it really turns out to be ugly, we can maybe go as low as 17,000. So I think that 26,500 is a realistic target if we see another leg down. But we are now in a retracement bounce. And now this rally this morning... Even I saw on the S&P 500, it went exactly to around the 33% Fibonacci retracement level. So the big thing now is even in the top 40 index, we need to get above that, let's call it 40,300 level to see another move higher. Otherwise, we can easily see some loss of momentum and even go lower from here. And that's, that's quite important on the technical side. 
Um, a bear market will give these beautiful, let's call it sucker rallies, but then it will come back to, to bite you. So don't just go in and say, listen, now I can sit on, on shares or stocks or even the indices for a five-year or a 10-year period. It can actually hurt you. So um, for the simple reason being is that a lot of investors has been hurt like you can't believe. And I think the reason was simply We've learned over the years that, and that was the big thing why I went short in the market, but we've learned over the years that fund managers, a lot of them are young, they're inexperienced, they've got wonderful qualifications, great guys, which can give you the best advice, but they've never seen a bear market. And they always advocate that you just go in and you buy the dips. And that is the most dangerous thing to say, just go and buy the dips because the market showed us now, yes, we've got an extreme situation here with the coronavirus. We've got an extreme situation. But what happened was in two months, the market wiped out all the gains from 2013 onwards till now. And that is a massive pullback. So so don't fall into the, into the trap that you just buy the dips unless you are 20 and you've got no debt, and your house is paid off, and everything is going fine, and you've got the best job in the world, then you can do it. But I don't know of anyone that's in that position. And that's why the technicals are so important, although um, some of us do not believe in that. But I've seen now over the years that technical charts do not lie. No, they don't. And there is obviously the volatility at the moment for people that do work with stop losses has knocked a few people out of the market. They could be right for five days, but wrong for five hours and therefore get knocked out. And that is probably why you don't trade with stop losses, Franz de Klerk. But tell me about now this recent rally we've seen. And when I say recent, I mean in the last let's say 16, 18 hours, because last night the Dow Jones had its biggest one-day rally since 1933, and even you weren't around in 1933, France. And it's continuing today to a certain extent, although, again, volatility reigns supreme. What do you make of this? Is this a sucker bounce, a dead cat bounce? That's why it's so important if we if we talk about it, Lindsay, that, that the S&P 500 must get, you know, the moment we start talking about sucker rallies is, is that it must get above a certain level to gain some extra momentum. And as you rightly say, that is the biggest bounce we've seen, you know, still about in a 90-year period. So it must get above 2,510. That's on the S&P 500 to convince me that we can actually go a little bit higher because, as we know, there is a gap on that evening chart on the S&P 500. So we can maybe see a wonderful rally back. And, And that gap, maybe I can just give it through to the guys because that's important. That gap opens up at 2885 and it closes at 2899. So that's important. If it gets above that 2507, 2510 level, then you can see almost like a a V-shaped recovery. But if it goes below, let's call it 2420, there's the level, 2420. Mm. If it goes below that, then you can easily talk about, uh, about a sucker's rally and it can actually 
go back. And if it loses momentum below 2392, and we're talking now the S&P 500, if we lose momentum below 2392, we can actually go back to that level of 2321 and even two, three on the dot. So that makes me nervous. I'm just so worried that, that everybody believes that this is the time to buy the market. And I've seen now over the last, let's say, two months of, of action, if the sellers come in, they come in with a vengeance and they're not scared to sell. And maybe just while we're on, on this topic, I made also money on the long, on this bounce that we saw from about 2,200 all the way up to now 2,450. And I mentioned that I do not take a stop loss. And the reason why I can do that, I trade so small in so small volumes that I can easily add onto my position. And I know that the, the position cannot wipe me out. And that's the big thing with any trader. And maybe I know we're going to talk about levels and formations now uh, further on. But the big thing for any trader is I always set my computer on the, on the numerical value of one. I never start with a position bigger than one because then I've, I know I've got ample ammunition to sort that position out. And the important thing, it's not the amount of money that you've got behind you. Um, I know a lot of people always say, yes, you need so much money to trade the Aussie or whatever the case may be. The big thing is your emotion. And I use a very simple methodology here. I use, if I have a position, let's say, for instance, I've got two contracts on the S&P 500. It doesn't matter long or short. The moment I cannot sleep at night yes. and I need to watch the TV and I, I'm grumpy with my wife and I, I don't want mm. to walk with my little dog or whatever, the moment I get that itchy feeling, then I know, irrespective of the money that I've got behind me, that that position is too big for my emotion to handle. And then I need to know that I must scale down. Okay, so it's not just technical analysis. It's not just gut feel. It's not just whatever other influence you use. It's also the fact that if you're not comfortable and you can't sleep at night, then you have to take immediate action. And that's only to do with the size of the position, is it? Or is it to do with the position itself? Do you sometimes wake up before the S&P closes or rather get up uh, from whatever you're doing and say the S&P is closing in 15 minutes, I don't like this position and then just cut it? Or is it just, uh, as I said, a size issue? Yeah, remember it's a size issue, but what I do is I always take the easy money. This, this, uh, that trade that I worked on for four years, that was a different story because I knew we were in a unique event. I mean, we had a boom market that would carry on, carry on for 12 years. I mean, that's almost unprecedented. It, it is unreal. Um, just too good to be true. That's why I held on to that position. But I also do some work for some overseas investors. And the big thing here, they know me by now. If I if I go long or short on the S&P 500, if I can get my 10 or 15 points, they know I'm just going to close the position. And many a time, I will look at the S&P and let's say at 9 o'clock at night, I, I'm, I know, okay, France, you are now 10 or 12 points in the profit. And then I go back to my computer. I do not even look at the candles. I don't even look at the indicators. I just say, thank you so much. I take my 10 or 15 points and I walk away. Why do I do that? Most of my indicators runs on a 30-minute or a 60-minute chart. Now, I want to ask any listener now today, if you plot a 30 or a 60-minute chart on a chart that runs for 80 years, 
That's not even a dot, it's minute. So if I take my profit on that little minute position on a 30 or a 60 minute idea over running over 80 years, I'm just too happy to take it. And that is the big thing. The moment I lock in that profit, I say to myself, thank you, tomorrow is another day. And if I am wrong, I know I've got ample um, ammunition behind me to say, okay, you are wrong now, France. What are you going to do tomorrow or the day after that? Then immediately I go back and I say, I will wait for my indicators and I will wait for the candles. And why the candles? Because, because the candles is nothing else than the informed money. And they're much cleverer than France. So then I will say, okay, until the informed capital are telling me that they change their tune and they think the same like I do, and my indicators correspond with that, I agree. And if I only agree then, then I will add up. So there's no rush for me to go into a trade. I wait for the market to be in a corner, painted in a corner, and then I look at the position. And that's why I believe a lot of traders, and we know that only 5% of traders in the world succeeds in trading. Why? Because you need to control your emotions almost 100%, and you need to be disciplined. Very good. You're one of the 5%, which is quite uh, quite interesting, but that's for another day. Where is it going from here, France? This is what we need to know. And let's start, let's do just restrict ourselves to two key instruments here. And that is number one, the All Share Index of the JSC Securities Exchange and also the S&P 500, if you would. Yeah, let's, let's do the, the All Share Index, Lindsay. I mean, if we look at the charts here, I mean, if I look at the weekly chart, I mean, we had some... <laughs> ugly selling candles for the last uh, three, six weeks. And the first bounce that I see now is what we call a tweezer bottom. I see there's a little bit of a tweezer bottom on the weekly chart, and that's on the overall index. But we need to get above 44,206 to get us back to, and my level is that we'll probably, if, if we can see no, let's call it sucker rallies, we'll probably get back to 50,130. Now, it, it sounds a lot, but that's 7,000 points from here. And the reason why I'm saying that we need this, let's call it massive bounce, if you look at your 40-week moving average, because that is actually the crucial one, we need the 40-week moving average to be tested somewhere in future. And then we need to see a negative goodbye kiss there. The only difference is when the market sold off on the S&P 500, there was a goodbye kiss. But on the overall index, there were no goodbye kiss. So I believe that we can go back to that level. But the dangerous thing, if this tweezer bottom that I'm talking about now, if that gets wiped out at 37,110. Please do not make the mistake and hold on to positions for a four of a, or a five year view unless you are an investor that pays money in on a monthly or a quarterly basis and you know that the index can maybe drop another 10 to 15,000 points. But I believe that we on the brink of a relief bounce and that relief bounce can take us maybe as high as what we said, that 48,000, 50,000 level. But after that, I will be very, very nervous on this market because I believe that we will probably see another leg down, but then we need to take out that low that I just mentioned. If we look at the S&P 500, yes. the same thing here, I think we've, last night, that's the crucial candle. That last night's candle is what we call a marubuzu candle. Now, that is, that is a very, 
Marubuzu. That means it is a very strong bullish candle where everybody went in and buy the, bought the market. So that is a strong bullish candle. Now, if you look at the candle, if we can get above 2507, 2510, that's the levels that I mentioned earlier in, in this discussion, we can easily go back to close that window that I also mentioned. And if you correspond those two graphs to the overall index and even the S&P 500, that will get us to, let's say, 50,000, 48,000 on the, on the overall index, and it will probably get us back to 2,882,000, let's call it 2,890 on the S&P 500. And after that, we'll be very nervous because if it turns around there, it will be very ugly. And in actual fact, I think this selling surprised us. But I think this proper last leg will be even worse. And the reason why I'm saying that, remember, a lot of investors, first of all, do not believe that a market can drop. They've realized now that the market can drop, but they are not yet convinced. Why? Because every time that the market see a collapse, the world big monetary institutions like the Federal Reserve and all the central banks, they come in and buy the market. And the big thing is you will get to a point where it does not work and it does not help anymore. So in actual fact, what we're seeing now, although we're happy for this bounce, it is actually not the right thing to see because we're seeing a stimulus package again where you pump in helicopter money all over the world. And the big thing is my biggest fear is the day when that helicopter money does not work anymore and the markets or the investors take over, then we can see these levels crack. And that's why I'm nervous about it. Okay, so we've got uh, a lot of nerves around. Uh, we may get a brief respite at the moment. In other words, the market may stabilise, maybe even rally some more. But don't be suckered into this because bear markets, such as we've seen in the quickest time in history, in other words, 30% in 22 days, these things don't recover as quickly. It's not going to be V-shaped. Is that your message, Franz de Klerk? Yeah, Lindsay, I think what we're seeing is we see this, this beautiful retracement rallies. Yes, we do see that. But I doubt if it will be a V after the V-shaped recovery. Reason being what, then that's why I'm not keen on the stimulus packages. If we did not get a stimulus package, then I think we would probably see a, a big, beautiful, long consolidation, almost a sort out and then up. What we're seeing now is we see, let's say, a fool's V-shaped recovery, and it will probably go down, and then you'll probably see what we see, a W recovery. We'll probably see a bounce coming back, and then it needs to bounce three or four times, and then from there up. So that's the nasty thing. That's why these levels, and maybe the S&P one is quite important just to get through. The S&P's low was... 2189. If that changes into a resistance, I can see that the S&P will probably does not give a, a W reversal or, or a beautiful, you know, triple bottom reversal. It can then take the S&P to 2000 and maybe on a, on a let's say, a, a knockout to 1700 on the dot. Very good. I did say we just we were just going to talk about the S&P and the all share index, but is there anything else that really stands out for you, whether it be the RAND, whether it be the bond market, or even the gold price? Just give us a brief glimpse of what is in the back of your mind as well, apart from your expertise on the indices. 
Lindsay, we must talk about the rand. Um, I mean, what we've seen here with the rand, it, it, it went from around 15 rand all the way to 18 rand in a matter of, I think it was 14 trading days. And although the trend, we know that the trend over the long term to the medium term is weakening. We know that. But this last move actually caused or, or, or developed into a beautiful ascending channel. Now, usually an ascending channel breaks to the downside. And I know everybody wants to rush into dollar now and they want to take money abroad and they they actually in desperate, you can almost desperate minds to do that. But if I look at this ascending channel, we on the brink of breaking to the downside and that is below 1731. This channel will break to the downside and it can then can take it down to 1717, 1705, 17. And if it plays out to the, to the downside, it can take the rand to 16 rand 57. Now I know that everybody will say, yes, but it's not a lot. It is a hell of a lot. If the rand strengthens the rand from here, it makes a big difference if you want to take maybe a million rand over or whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter. But I think at this point in time, my stochastic indicator is sky high. On the weekly, on the daily, it needs to break to the downside. And I, I'm usually negative on, on the rand because I know we're an emerging market and we should see a weakening rand. But for this time, I believe unless we break above 18 rand, 8 cents, I know we've got an upward target, maybe around 20 rand in time to come because there's a huge inverse head and shoulder brewing. But first we need to strengthen and maybe get us back to that 1657 level. And maybe just to finish it off, remember this rand weakness. It's because of the American dollar is just so strong and they are the reserve currency and that's why it's messing around. So my first sign of weakness again, because some of the viewers or listeners will say, listen, France, we want to go out and take our money out. The first sign of weakness will only be above 1763. But I think we're going to break that 1731 and first see a stronger rand from here. Franz de Klerk, thank you very much for your wisdom. That's Franz de Klerk, who is an independent technical analyst talking to us from the Groot Karoo, somewhere in the middle of South Africa. Now, uh, Franz, how do we contact you? Because you've obviously going to have um, excited people about the success you've had over the last few weeks and maybe your success in the future as well. How do we get hold of you? Lindsay, it's quite easy. Um, the guys can just uh, visit our website, www.francedeclerc.com. So it's quite easy. Mm -hmm. And I've realized that there's a lot of guys, and that's maybe an invitation. I know there's a lot of people in South Africa and around the world that suddenly are on the brink of going bankrupt with their businesses. And the last week or so, we were always unindated with calls of people just saying, can we maybe start to learn trading the Aussie or, or get successful with, with shares? Because that can maybe be our saving grace in time to come. And the biggest thing I can say to people, start rather earlier than later and start with small money, but get yourself afraid with it because this is apart from it. For me, it's a passion, so it's different. But for, for other people, the moment you get to know technical analysis and you, and you get to trade under your belt and you know what to do, you can make a living out of this, not maybe a wonderful living and, and you can drive around in a Rolls and go overseas every three weeks. That's not the case, but you can at least make a living, a simple life and you can enjoy life and you can do it until you die. And remember, nobody can fire you or nobody can close the business on top of you. So it's quite easy. Visit our website, www.francedeclair.com.
www.ipsos.com for more info. Francis Clerk, thank you very much. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.